All right, folks, welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. Part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am not excited to discuss a Lakers thrashing over the Denver Nuggets final score 126-108. It wasn't enough that the Nuggets have given up 128 points against Washington, let alone the fact that they did win that game. They won it by 141, or 141-128, but they still gave up basically the same number of points to a worse offense in the Lakers. The Lakers are horrible. They are not a good basketball team. Actually, that's not true. I tweeted out on, what was it, Wednesday night, Thursday night, whatever, that I thought the Lakers were not a horrible team anymore. They're not bad. And they haven't been playing bad. They've been playing much better of late because they seem to have a soul again. They seem to be revived with Anthony Davis sort of captaining that revival. But Anthony Davis, dealing with an injury throughout the game, goes out at the half, hadn't been playing that great to begin with, was 10 points, 4 of 7, but he was a minus 4. Jokic was clearly outplaying him in the first half. But Denver was only up 65 to 64 at the half, and you thought, okay, AD doesn't come back out. Denver kind of gets out to a, a nice lead at the beginning of that quarter. You think, okay, things are going pretty well. And then the bottom just came out from under Denver. They hadn't been playing defense at all throughout the game, and they gave up 33 points in the first, 31 in the second, 29 in the third, and 33 in the fourth. So there was consistency there. That's true. There was they, they had been asking for consistency, Michael Malone had, and he absolutely got it. Unfortunately, it was the wrong kind of consistency. Denver hadn't been playing good defense or any defense up until the third quarter, but then their offense dropped out from under them as well. Murray got it going a little bit in that third quarter and I think started playing a little bit better offensively in the second half. But it just felt like there wasn't a lot that came with him. Jokic had some moments too. He had a really nice uh, fall away kind of floater and one that was really nice. Had some good moments there. But the turnovers just killed Denver, absolutely destroyed them. Lakers getting 28 fast break points on those. Uh, Nuggets having 19 turnovers. Lakers had 64 points in the paint, uh, just a, a very, very high number. And the Nuggets, not obviously known as a stout interior defense, were more than willing to give it to them. They gave up those points, and it was everybody. It wasn't just Jokic. It wasn't just DeAndre Jordan, who only played seven minutes and was a net neutral tonight. Can't really blame DeAndre for this game. It wasn't really Christian Brown who finished the game as a plus four in his nine minutes. Can't really blame Christian Brown in this game. But the starters were bad. Starters were objectively bad. Bones Highland was bad. Jeff Green, bad. Not terrible, but he was, he was actually probably the best of the bunch. But Denver has just lost its soul defensively. There is no fight. There is no willpower. There is no desire and there is no willingness to do the extra stuff. It's all gone. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know why anybody would consider this team a championship contender right now, and where to ultimately put the blame, because I, I think everybody has to sort of share in this, because the plan is clearly not working, 
and the players that are put out there that were good defensively last year, or at least capable, and then had an upgrade to the roster last year, have completely had the bottom ripped out from under them defensively. It is abject failure so far this season. Start with the starters in the first segment. We'll move to the bench in the second segment, and then we're going to just kind of go through all of the failure that's been had so far this year from top to bottom in terms of it really being needed to make some changes right now, which is insane. But let's go through it. The starters, we got to start with Jokic. 25-11-8 in his 35 minutes. He was a minus 14. Two offensive rebounds is fine. Nine offensive rebounds is whatever. Four steals is good. Five turnovers is not good. He was a minus 14 in this game and just abused defensively. The Lakers didn't need a second opinion to go after Nikola. They went after him on pretty much every single play. LeBron James sought him out. The Lakers as a whole, whether it was Dennis Schroeder or Lonnie Walker or Anthony Davis at the beginning or Russell Westbrook or Austin Reeves, they all had their turn. Some were more successful than others, but Jokic finished this game a minus 14, and a lot of it is that defensive identity. Now, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt here and say, look, the perimeter players that were around him, there is nothing when it comes to interior protection. Bruce Brown had a couple blocks. That was cool. Aaron Gordon had a block. That was nice. Those were on a couple point guards that waltzed into the lane. But when it was LeBron James coming down Main Street, or Anthony Davis driving into the lane, or Thomas Bryant fighting for rebounds, the rest of the Nuggets had nothing. So when Jokic was caught out, let's say he was defending on the perimeter, getting switched onto somebody, let's say he forces a miss at some point, it was Thomas Bryant in the second half collecting offensive rebounds, getting those interior baskets that uh, were easy to come by for the Lakers. So it's not me putting this all on Jokic, but I do think that when you look at the team and when you look at the Nuggets as a whole, you have to start with him because he is the anchor. He is the center of everything they do, literally the center. And this team is 28th on defense. As we've mentioned before, a lot of the defensive issues in general are with the bench and not with the starters, but it's not to say that the starters are good. They're subpar. And now, after this game, I think we can move them down to bad. It's been bad. It's just been really, really bad. And the offense is just not going to save them on every night. Even against the Lakers, who are, well, the Lakers are only five games back of Denver now. Because the Nuggets have been kind of whittling away at whatever game that they're playing on the defensive end right now at the beginning of the season. They don't just don't care. And that is frustrating for a lot of people. Jamal Murray tonight, 8 of 16 from the field, 23 points, 2 of 6 from 3, 5 of 7. Looked like he tweaked his ankle at the end there and was kind of jacking up a couple shots to try to get Denver back into it that he missed. But uh, it was an up and down game for Jamal for sure. 
had some good moments, had some baskets that Denver absolutely needed, especially in that second half when nobody else could score. Six assists. I thought he was passing pretty well, but the five turnovers sort of uh, underscore that and kind of rip the bottom out from under that. He was minus 18 tonight. Clearly not the only issue because I think we're going to get to one of the bigger issues on the second unit. But clearly the plan is not working. And when Murray was out there tonight, there were just some odd plays that happened. He's still not locked in all the way on the defensive end. I think that he's honestly better than some of the other starting guards right now, which is not great when you brought some of those starting guards in for defense. But uh, the fact is, is that he's not at the level that he needs to be either. And he can't just be a bystander in this as he's trying to recover. He has to be a part of the recovery for this Nuggets defense in general. It's got to start with Jokic. It's got to start with Murray. Those guys aren't even on the court for defense. But as I'm going to talk about in the third segment, it just doesn't matter. You just have to be a defender at the end of the day. So Murray, not great. But honestly, there was a lot of discussion about him at the beginning. I thought he he had a bad first stint and had a couple uncharacteristic turnovers, ultimately finished with five turnovers, which is more than what you want. But he is not the symptom of the problem here. Like there's there's way more to get to than just Jamal. Aaron Gordon, four turnovers himself. I thought he drove into traffic when he didn't have uh, the three-pointer going. He had one three-point make, uh, but there were several possessions where he had to make shots, whether it was a wide-open three or a free throw that he just missed. Uh, whenever LeBron James goes off, you have to look at who is directly guarding him, and Aaron Gordon tonight is his primary matchup. Sometimes the Nuggets switched and were okay with switching. I thought Murray switched probably more than he probably should have, but he was the best among all the guards tonight when it came to switching, whether it was Bruce Brown, KCP, uh, Bones Highland, Davon Reed. None of those guys really could switch at all. I thought Murray was the only one capable of getting some stops or at least forcing some passes here or there. But Aaron Gordon has to take that personally, and he has to be the guy willing to lock in onto LeBron for those possessions. There were too many times where he allowed the switch to be Jeff Green or Bones Highland or whoever, and Aaron Gordon just has to want that matchup every single time down the floor and has to make that clear to everybody that he is going to stick to LeBron like glue and not let him go off. Because when you lose Anthony Davis, there is just not a lot of offense that's supposed to come from the Lakers. And, and there's just not a lot of other offensive initiators on that team. So if you stop LeBron, or at least minimize his impact, then you have yourself a chance for sure. And letting him go off, I know it's LeBron James. I know he's still really, really good. But this is not the version of LeBron that Aaron Gordon should be struggling to defend, or Aaron Gordon should be allowing to pass off on switches. He has to be active. And he wasn't. Bruce Brown, KCP, there were some good moments of defense from them tonight. I don't want to completely uh, misclaim that or whatever. 
KCP had some good deflections tonight. He was in the passing lanes. He was overall a plus minus of zero on a night where the plus minuses all look pretty negative. That one stands out. Aaron Gordon minus 10, Jokic minus 14, Murray minus 18, Bruce Brown minus 19, KCP uh, at zero. And then you go to the bench. DeAndre Jordan was a net neutral as well. Jeff Green minus 15, Bones Highland minus 24. We're going to get to that one. Uh, and Christian Brown plus four in a game. Like he had a couple couple points in garbage time that don't necessarily count towards that, but he was still fine and got benched. Talk about that for sure. But KCP, nine points, three of five from the field, one of one from three. Probably needs to take more threes. On a night where Denver really struggled to space the floor, they're only nine of 27. The Lakers outscored them from the three-point line. That can't happen against the Lakers team that struggles to shoot. The Nuggets need to be the better shooting team. That just has to happen. And I don't know if there were shots that KCP passed up. I would have to go back and look. But not being able to generate those outside looks seems like an issue. Overall, terrible night from the starters. They deserve to be uh, hosed for this. Like This is not acceptable, in my opinion. This should not be the standard that they hold themselves to, where they can just go off for a one-off trip to LA, hang out on Thursday, and then do whatever this was on Friday. Like this is just not is just messing around and then believing that you can take it over in the third and fourth quarter and then having the exact opposite happen to you. It's pretty embarrassing, especially from the starters. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about the bench unit and some of the issues facing them as well. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. I uh, want to tell you a little bit about our sponsors over at Superbook Sports. They are great, and they will help you bet against the Nuggets whenever they go to Los Angeles and face the Lakers. That's probably the best way to put it. They bring Vegas-style wagering to the palm of your hands, and now they'll match 100% of your first bet up to $1,000, no matter if that bet wins or loses. You don't have to be at the stadium or in the arena to enjoy your sports this fall. Just visit Superbook.com or download the Superbook Colorado app right now and start getting in on all of the action. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, let's get back into this. Let's focus in on the bench unit, and let's talk about Christian Brown. Who got benched tonight? Uh, Christian Brown was benched after seven minutes. He came in at, I think, like the 640 mark in the first quarter, for Jamal Murray doing the normal sub that Denver had been doing over the course of these last few games. Christian Brown comes in. Russell Westbrook comes in at the same time. Westbrook has some uh, success against him for sure. Muscles him out of the way over, like for a rebound, gets to the line, uh, gets a, a shot over him. Just doing like having good plays, doing Russell Westbrook things. And then the second quarter comes around and the rest of the bench units out there like normal, but Davon Reed is in place of Christian Brown. And I thought that was weird. I thought that was a weird choice by Malone. 
I thought that Christian Brown in this environment is one of those guys that you need to have these experiences against. You need him to be one of your defensive guys. And just because he was struggling with Russell Westbrook doesn't mean that the rest of the team wouldn't also. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. Russell Westbrook goes for 15 points, 12 assists, 11 rebounds, four turnovers, five of 13 from the field, 0 of three from three. Some weird shots from Westbrook in the second, first, second, third quarters, and then kind of settled in after that. But honestly, I just don't get it. I don't get the jerking around of Christian Brown. I understand that he's a rookie. I understand he's making some mistakes that you don't want him to make. But that's what rookies do. And if you trust him and if you want him to develop, the best way to do it is to let him play through those mistakes, especially when the team wasn't being burned by it at that time. Christian Brown finished this game at plus four. He was on with the garbage time lineup, which was plus two. That means in the seven minutes that he was on the court, Denver was a plus two. They were fine. There wasn't anything crazy going on. But Malone goes to Davon Reed instead. Davon has a good stint in the first half, and like it wasn't even really anything that he did in particular. He just kind of stood around and, and watched what Jokic did most of the time. But when Davon was on the court in the second half, things really fell apart. Everything, like, because Davon was, I think, a plus 10 in eight minutes in that second quarter. He finished the game a net neutral. So he was a minus 10 in the third quarter alone because I don't think he started the fourth. That's crazy. Like, all of it went away. And it really, like, you really could have used Christian Brown to lock in defensively at that point and do what he can to play that uh, physical locked-in defense that you're supposed to have, why not just switch the matchup? Denver put Jeff Green on Russell Westbrook in that second quarter for a bunch of that time. Why not just switch the matchup and have Christian Brown guard somebody else? I just don't really understand it. I I don't get that decision at all. But it wasn't the only issue with that bench unit. It wasn't even the biggest issue with that bench unit. We got to talk about Bones Island. Bones, in 15 minutes, was a minus 24 tonight. Now, when I say that, this is not me attacking Bones. This is not me saying it is all your fault. You are the problem. That is not what I am saying. Bones had a bad game. Five points, two of nine, 0 of five from three, missed the threes that you want him to take, and also missed the threes you didn't want him to take had two assists, had a turnover, and did not have a lot of defense. And that was the reason. That's the reason why Denver lost those minutes so badly was because they were getting just outscored half to hell on the other end of the court. And Bones really does contribute to that. Again, he's not the only one. Zach Lowe wrote about him in his 10 Things column on Friday and highlighted that he just can't be a sieve on the defensive end. And I agree. I know that he's the most important offensive player on that second unit. I understand that. But Denver can get by with bad offense on that second unit. They can't get by with bad defense. Because when you take off Nikola Jokic, you're kind of expecting bad offense anyway. And Bones has been trying to prop that up. Sometimes he goes off and has a good game. Sometimes he doesn't. And this was one of those where he didn't. And then he didn't add anything else to the game. He was just a complete negative. And this has become more of a trend 
I think his staunchest supporters would like to hear. Bones has been a positive in the plus-minus four games this season. He hasn't played that many games. I think he's up to 20 now. But he now has more games where he's a double-digit negative than he is as a positive. And some of that is because of the symptom of the problem, which isn't necessarily just him. The entire bench is a problem. But Bones has not been the solution that he was last year. And part of it is because he's regressed defensively. Part of it is because he's regressed as a finisher around the rim. Part of it is because he is just not necessarily being the best playmaker right now. Hasn't really improved on that end or on that in that aspect of his game. The only times where he's really diming people up are with Jokic or when he's freestyling in the fourth quarter of a 30-point blowout. And I'm still waiting for him to run the point guard position like a traditional dude. Where sometimes I he he is his own player. I don't I don't want him to be that far away from who he is, but he has to be able to run pick and roll, not reject the screen half the time or every time, and do what he can to get others involved. Because right now, they're not. And right now, that's on him because he handles the ball more than anybody. So that's the offensive end. And then on the defensive end, you know the issues. Like he gets switched onto bigger guys and he's uh, it's burnt toast. And then when he's on the perimeter and loses track of perimeter players like Max Christie, like that's just inexcusable. And it happens every game. So you wonder why Michael Malone bones, uh, benched Bones in that game against New Orleans. This is why. This is why. And it's too bad. But he definitely deserves a lot of criticism for this. And he's not going to be a part of Denver's best lineups ever ever, unless he can get some of this defense under control. I believe that he could play with Jokic and play pretty well, but so can everybody. That is not an endearing trait to me, because Jokic can play with four brooms and probably sweep the Orlando Magic. He could do it. Bones has to provide something more than just three-point spacing and passing to Jokic in those situations, and he doesn't. So we're going to have to find out. We're going to find out real quick what Bones is made of. 28 games in, the Nuggets are in search mode. They're looking for leaders. They're looking for leaders on both ends of the floor. Who's going to be the leader? Who's going to be that dude? Is it going to be Bones? It's hard to be the leader as a second-year player when all of the other guys are vets. They're not even necessarily looking to you. You got to force them to look to you, and then you got to back it up with good play. So here's hoping that Bones can do that. DeAndre Jordan only played seven minutes in this game. He was like, I want to say fine. I, I don't know if he was fine. There was a lot of weird, bad stuff that was happening around him. He finished a lob from Bruce Brown, who ran the pick and roll really well and generated a lob for DeAndre Jordan. And then DeAndre also did get a nice interior pass from Bones. I do want to credit that. It was late in the shot clock. Bones does deserve credit for that pass. 
DeAndre Jordan catches that ball and I think finishes it close to when the buzzer sounds, which is a really good, it's a really good play. It's a nice one. Haven't seen a lot of that. And only two rebounds in his seven minutes. Obviously, when Jeff Green has a surprising six rebounds, that's uh, not necessarily going to, you're not going to get a whole bunch of rebounds from DeAndre at that point. But I got to Gotta say, he was a net neutral. I'm not sure how to really quantify that. He was net neutral. He wasn't the issue. Jeff Green, eight points, 17 minutes, minus 15. He was on the court for some good stretches, but also mostly the bad stretches, especially in that fourth quarter. Got switched onto LeBron a lot of the time and didn't really have much success. And then Jeff Green's probably the biggest candidate outside of, well, I think Jokic had some short closeouts tonight to the corner too, but Jeff Green is just not good at closing out. He closes out short, definitely doesn't give his all when it comes to getting out to the corners and getting out to the wings when he has collapsed to try to give help. Then when the ball is kicked out to his man, it's hard to get back out there and he hasn't really done it well. So still waiting, still Hoping that Jeff Green can really lock in on that. Did make a three tonight, which was good. Did have a block tonight, which was good. But he was also part of the issue. Like, definitely not the best defensive night from Jeff. As I mentioned, Davon Reed uh, hadn't done much. There wasn't really a whole bunch of reason to have him out there. And I don't know why he got the call, but he did. And... What it really says to me, that just continues to say to me, is that Denver's bench is in search mode. They are trying. Michael Malone is looking. He is. He found a combo. He, he had talked about this before. He found a combo that he liked with Bones, Jamal, Christian Brown, Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan. That combo didn't work tonight. This wasn't a great option. This wasn't a great game for really anybody. But uh, it's it's hard to pinpoint other than Bones kind of initiating at the top. And Jamal had some bad turnovers as well. Everybody can share fault in this and everybody should share fault in this. I just don't know. Like, I think that this was more of a starting lineup issue in general than it was a bench issue. But I, man, it's just... I'm grasping at straws if you can't hear it in my voice. I I just don't really know what the answer is. You give me the eight players off the bench that Denver had active tonight. Bones, Ish Smith, Christian Brown, Davon Reed, Vlako Chanchar, Zeke Naji, Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan. I don't know. I don't know what the answers are. I wish I had a better answer than what I do. I would like to see Christian Brown more, but if Bones plays the way that he does tonight, it's going to be really hard for the bench to be successful. And if Michael Malone continues to roll out Jeff Green and DeAndre Jordan, then I don't think the bench is ever going to get better. Like it's just going to kind of be what it is. It's just not, there's just not a lot of upward mobility. You did see some Aaron Gordon staggering with the bench in that fourth quarter. I think there's something to that going forward. Jeff Green should not be his pairing, though. Should either be Zeke Naji or Vlatko or somebody else. 
probably not DeAndre, but not sure I like the Jeff Green, Aaron Gordon combo. Just feel like you need some spacing or some rim, uh, some rim pressure with that group for the offense to flow, to function. But I want to see Aaron Gordon setting screens for Bones Highland at some point. Because if it's not going to be that, I'm not sure what the actual answer is. Let's take a final break. When we come back, we are going to continue to uh, just be sad. Just be sad and have great times with it. And talk about how it's time to make some changes. We'll be right back. segment pickaxe and roll thank you so much everybody for tuning in i'm not going to ask for your ratings and reviews because i feel like they would be pretty negative tonight but if you feel so inclined that they aren't that negative then that would be cool on apple Podcasts, spotify google wherever you get your podcasts that would be fantastic uh, let's go over this final segment objectively it's time to make some changes objectively when your defense is this bad like the offense, it, it just doesn't matter what you do at this point. When your defense is this bad, the most important thing to remember is that everybody involved should be embarrassed and the Nuggets should all feel bad from top to bottom. Like that's just how this is. That is how this goes. The plan was to make the defense better this year. You were going to get better defensive personnel to surround your stars, Jokic, Murray, Porter. Porter has been out, and it's clear that the team is missing him. They're missing that jolt of energy that you get from having him make some shots defensively. And anytime that he makes plays defensively, I do think the team gets some energy from that too. So having him back at some point, whether it's Sunday, whether it's later, we're just going to see what that does. But I have a feeling it will help the defense, even though Porter's not a great defender. But what I do think that the plan of surrounding those guys was sound. In my off-season rankings for players that the Nuggets should add, whether it's in free agency or trades, realistically, I had Kevin Durant number one. That was just so that you get that call out of the way and tell them, like when they say no, you go a different direction. Second was Gary Payton. Gary Payton the second has not played a second this year. Third was Bruce Brown in terms of affordable defensive players that you can add that can do some interesting things offensively. That was the idea, was a defensive-minded do-it-all guard. And then fourth was Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Very reasonable 3 and D defender, does his job on both ends of the floor, can get into passing lanes, is just going to play smart, high IQ defense. So Denver gets number three and number four on my list. They draft Christian Brown. They bring in, well, DeAndre Jordan's not great, but if you just think about it objectively, with Zeke Naji, the way that he played last year at times, he was pretty good. Aaron Gordon, you get Jamal Murray and Michael Porter back. It feels like the offense should be great, 
but the defense should have benefited from the offense because you don't have to work so hard on the glamour end and can spare some extra effort on the defensive end. So the plan is sound, and I agreed with the way that Calvin Booth handled that in the offseason. Do I think that he should have gotten another better big man defender than somebody like DeAndre Jordan? Absolutely. Do I think that DeAndre Jordan might have been part of the deal when it came to getting Bruce Brown? Absolutely. And so when it comes to that, you're obviously going to have some weaknesses here and there, but if you hit three out of four in terms of Bruce Brown, KCP, and Christian Brown, I think you feel pretty good. Unfortunately, the plan hasn't worked. And I'm not sure whether whether to blame that on Calvin Booth or not, because I liked the plan. I thought the plan was good. I'm not sure who to really blame for that. I think in all likelihood, you got to start with Michael Malone. And some people don't want to hear that. Some people would like some people do want to hear that. Some people are are, are over the moon that I'm I'm saying Michael Malone needs to be better. Oh my gosh. But the fact is, is that the message has not been received. Whatever the message that Michael Malone has been trying to deliver, the effort, the intensity, the drive, the want to, it has not been there. It feels to me like the Nuggets have made a conscious choice as a roster that they are going to save their energy until a later date. They are not going to worry about the defense at the outset. They are not going to take it seriously until whenever. And because it feels like that, it calls into question just how much Michael Malone has control and push and pull over what the Nuggets are currently doing, over what's currently happening within that Nuggets locker room and on the court. Everybody can say whatever they want to behind the scenes. Everybody can say, oh yeah, we are going to commit to defense or we are not going to commit to defense. I don't know. But it seems to me like the message has not been received and I'm not sure why that is. I'm not sure if it's because it's Michael Malone's eighth year and the guys are might be tired of hearing it. I'm not sure if it's because the message is bad. I'm not sure if it's because the players are just of a different mindset right now. I don't know. I don't know how to how much blame to parse on to Michael Malone or Ryan Saunders, who was brought in to be the schematic guy behind the defense. Somebody that Michael Malone could trust, another son of a former head coach, and you believe in those guys because you have a shared experience with them. But the problem is that Ryan Saunders has never captained a good defense in his NBA tenure. Those defenses have never manifested when Saunders was a head coach. And there were some times where the team showed something, but there was also times where Chris Finch comes in immediately after Ryan Saunders and the defense gets better. Part of that is Jared Vanderbilt coming in and the Timberwolves, I think, becoming a little bit more intense on that end. But has Ryan Saunders proven his worth on the defense yet? I don't know. I don't know. All I can share is what's happening. And it's not good. I think that the player that should be 
the most frustrated with this and take the most ownership over it is Nikola Jokic. Jokic is not known as the guy that is going to be the defensive anchor. He is going to be the guy that tells everybody where they need to go, is a verbal commander when it comes to telling people exactly how hard that they have to play when they need a certain game, when they need a certain stop, whatever. We haven't heard stories like that before coming out of Nuggets camp, coming out of Nuggets games. We just don't hear that about Jokic. He is a leader by example. He's consistently referred to as that by Michael Malone. That's not good. That's not good enough. What we have learned over the course of these last few years is that the Nuggets need a firmer hand. Michael Malone has been that firm hand for a while. I'm not sure if that's working anymore. And in his place, nobody has really stepped up. I'm not sure if Malone has vacated that space, by the way. I'm not sure if he's allowing for that to happen and for that to take place. But honestly, it's on Jokic. Jokic has to take command of that space himself. And if he doesn't, then it says more about his leadership style and what is being asked of him. He's supposed to be the best player in the world. He is the guy who is going to get you over the top. And he does everything on the offensive end. There's no doubt about that. The way that his ethos is permeated through the team, unselfishness, everybody cuts, nobody cares about the points that they score. It is all about the team. And that has manifested in the best offense in the NBA, in my opinion. The problem is that I'm not sure if that is translated to the defensive end at all. And I would personally like to hear about Jokic taking more ownership over the defense. He told me after the Utah Jazz game, I asked him about this. I asked a variety of questions about the defense after that game. It was a while back. And his basic answer, I'm paraphrasing here, was that everybody should know that defense is a requirement. It should not be something that you have to ask out of people. It is something that should be intrinsically known that defense is what you're supposed to do. And while that's all well and good, and I do appreciate the sentiment, some people need a firmer push than that, especially in this season where it seems like everybody is a little bit apathetic. Jokic has to be that guy. Nobody else is going to do it on the roster. None. Zero. It's not going to be Murray. It's not going to be Gordon. It's not going to be Bruce Brown or KCP. Those guys are new. It's not going to be Michael Porter. It's not going to be Bones Highland. It's not going to be DeAndre Jordan. As much as everybody might think, okay, bringing in DeAndre Jordan, you get somebody to really motivate you. DeAndre can't be the good guy and the bad guy. Somebody's got to be the bad guy. Somebody's got to be willing to do that and take on that responsibility. I think it's got to be Jokic. Because he is the guy that everybody will listen to and get in line for if he is A, being verbal about it, and B, leading by example on the court with improved defensive effort. Because his effort has not been there either. I think Jamal Murray is one of those guys that also, it's getting to the point where he is now not just recovering from ACL surgery, he is now having to learn how to play basketball and not have to think about the ACL anymore. 
And it's that transition that Denver is in right now. They're sort of towards the end of it, where you obviously you still have to think about it from a health perspective, but from an ex- it's not really an excuse either. That's not what I'm trying to say. But from a hey, we don't want to baby this anymore. We have to treat this like hey, you got to play your best version of defense no matter what. It can't be okay that you are recovering from a torn ACL. You have to have your head on a swivel. You have to keep locking in on that end and players can't get behind your head or get away from your peripheral vision because you weren't locked in and you're focusing on something else. Jamal's got to be that guy. More than anybody else other than Joker, Jamal's got to be that guy too, especially because they're going to attack him. They're going to go after him. They're going to test him. He's got to respond every single time, never backing down. Bruce Brown? Brought in to be a defensive player, has not been a defensive player, just objectively, has not been good. There are too many possessions where Bruce Brown is not locked in, where he is losing track of his man, where he is letting go of the defensive assignment that he was given, giving too much space, getting muscled by Russell Westbrook, getting shot over the top by a bigger player, and sometimes getting out quicked. When his ankles are bad. Bruce Brown, got to be better. Like just objectively speaking, this is what he was brought in to do. It is nice that he's getting an opportunity to run offense and be a ball handler, not just be a bit role player. But when he was a bit role player, he was a better defender. And he has to prove that when his role expands offensively, that he can keep doing the same thing on the defensive end. Because right now he is not doing both. Bones Highland has to be better. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If Bones wants to be a part of what the Nuggets are doing long term, he has to do better defensively. If he does not fight and stay connected and avoid and he just continues to give up open shots, then he is going to get traded to a team, especially a rebuilding team. That will give him more minutes. They'll give him more opportunities to try and fail. But Denver at this point is, they don't have time to wait. They just don't. Denver's at this stage where every single piece of their rotation has to be ironed out perfect, has to be ready for the playoffs, has to be versatile, has to be willing to do everything. And I think Bones is willing. I haven't seen anything where he's just not willing to do certain things defensively. There are certain things that he can't do because of his frame, but he has to be mentally locked in and battle physically. He's got to be that guy that's like the the um, just crazy dog on the on the at the dog park that is just going nuts. It might be smaller than the other dogs, but none of the other dogs are messing with that dog because it's going freaking insane. Bones has got to be that dog on the defensive end. Teams have to not want to challenge him because they don't know what's going to happen. Right now, they know what's going to happen. They know they're going to get points. That's a horrible place to be. Bones has got to be better there. Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan, those guys are what they are. I don't think you're going to get much better from them. I think with Zeke Naji, I think you're you might get something better. You might not. Zeke has proven to be better as a power forward defensively. 
than he has as a center. But if he really wants to make an impact on this team, it is time to get physical and just go to work. Just stop making excuses. Not that he's making them, but there should be no excuses for him to not outplay DeAndre Jordan. Like, what are we doing here? DeAndre Jordan was one of the worst players in the NBA last year. And Zeke Naji is buried on the bench behind him because he can't win that job outright. There is no data that says that he is a better player right now than DeAndre, a better, more helpful player. Zeke's got to prove that. And if he doesn't, then Denver's going to have to find somebody that will. And that that's where it circles back to Michael Malone, Calvin Booth. You have to find a group that will try defensively. Have to. Whether it's getting through to the starters, whether it's changing out some of the bench guys, whether it is making a trade, this cannot continue. This is embarrassing. It is just one of those things where you hate to watch it because I know it's going to happen every time. And most of the time, Denver's offense is going to save itself because the offense is that good that they don't have to care. But they're going to have to care once they face against any good team. Face off against any good team and they are going to teach you, yeah, you've got to play defense too because we're going to make your offense 5% worse. And sometimes that's all it's going to take for Denver to lose games. If it's 10% worse or 15% worse, that's when Denver gets blown out. That's what happened tonight. That's what will continue to happen if Denver doesn't take care of itself. And I'm tired of talking about this. Frankly, it's a third of the way through the season. We are still having this conversation about the Nuggets not giving a damn on the defensive end. It is time to put that away. I am tired of it. This team had championship expectations. They were a group that you absolutely thought had a chance because you've got the talent, you've got the versatility, and you added defenders. Well, none of that has made a difference in how I feel about the team now. Denver's got no spine defensively. Find me a spine, and then we'll talk about championships. We'll talk about playoff wins. Like, Denver's not going to win a playoff game if they continue playing like this. It is that simple. The best thing about the NBA, and the worst thing, is that there's a game 48 hours away. The Nuggets have a chance to right their wrongs. They're playing again on Sunday against the Charlotte Hornets, who are currently the worst team in the NBA. Charlotte is getting back some reinforcements. Got back LaMelo Ball. They might get back Gordon Hayward. Denver's going to have to be ready because they're going to treat that like a seven-win team. And if Denver loses that game, heads are going to roll. That is going to do it for this episode of Pick, Axe, and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Apologies for my ranting, but I feel like it was necessary. I feel like this was the right tone to take. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support. As always, I'll talk to you guys after next game.